Psalm 87. We'll be reading the seven verses of this chapter. Psalm 87, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's word. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Among those who know me, I will mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her, for the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord records as he registers the peoples, this one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, what a privilege we had this morning as a congregation to witness the covenant sign of baptism given to one of our youth. As you know, uh, I don't often preach uh, baptism sermons on a baptism Sunday. Um, last year, 2021, uh, we had 10 different baptisms. And so I, I, baptism is important. I don't think we need 10 sermons on baptism. So I don't normally preach a baptism sermon on baptism Sunday. But also... We don't normally have the child being the child of one of our ministers. Uh, I think in the past 10 years, if I'm not mistaken, outside of today, that's only happened twice. Uh, Gavin Falcona and Jonah Munive. And this morning, Scotland. And so I'm going to break my regular practice of not preaching a baptism and preaching a baptism, a baptism sermon, sort of. It's a sermon about the blessing of belonging to the people of God. And that is what is signified and sealed when we come to the baptismal font. The blessing of belonging to God's people. This morning we look at Psalm 87. This psalm is characterized uh, as a song of Zion. There are several songs of Zion in the Psalter. Uh, psalm 46 uh, psalm 48, Psalm 76, Psalm 84, and this psalm. Psalms which exalt Zion and its glory. And in this psalm, in Psalm 87, we have that refrain repeated three times, this one was born there. The blessing of being born in Zion. Well, kids, what are we talking about when we say Zion? What is Zion? What does the psalmist mean when he says Zion? Probably one of the most well-known songs of Zion is Psalm 48, where the psalmist says this, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. And the psalmist concludes, walk about Zion, go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, 
our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. The psalmist praises Zion. What he's talking about is Jerusalem. The city Jerusalem and the surrounding mountains. Maybe that's a a name that's more familiar to you. We don't think about where Zion is, but we know Jerusalem in Israel. The holy mountain stands, the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. A city and the mountains surrounding. And it's, it's somewhat surprising that the psalmist would spend a number of psalms highlighting Zion. Because Zion, Jerusalem, was not on any major trade route. That's often what made cities great. If you were on a major trade route, a a hub for economy, that would make a great city. That wasn't the case with Jerusalem. This isn't like, uh, like Chicago or like New York or like L.A., a major center of commerce. That was not what made Jerusalem, Zion, so great. And the psalmist talks about the mountains surrounding Zion, beautiful in their elevation. I did a little looking up. I grew up in the Northwest, where there were mountains just off to the east of us, mountains in the heights of, you know, 10,000 feet and 12,000 feet. The mountains that surround Jerusalem are only a little more than 3,000 feet. Not these great majestic things. Mount Baldy's 10,000. So when we think about the mountains around Jerusalem, this wouldn't be you say, wow, these are glorious mountains. They're hills. They're hills. And they surround the city. What, what is it that made Zion so great? Why does the psalmist talk about the glories of Zion and see these mountains as the heights of the mountains? What made Zion so special? Verse 3. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. What made Zion special? What made Jerusalem special? Is because in a particular way, God dwelt there. Now certainly God is everywhere. He was over all the people of Israel. He loves the gates of Zion, though, more than all the dwelling places. In a particular way, God dwells with his people Israel in Jerusalem. That's where the temple was. The temple was that meeting place between God and his people. God has said, this is where I will have my name dwell. It was always God's intention to dwell with his people. Already in the wilderness, they had the tabernacle, a visual picture of God dwelling in their midst. That's what made Zion great. Not its economic prowess, not the glory of the mountains. God was there. God chose Zion as his particular place where his name would dwell. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken, O city of God. And so Zion... Jerusalem is a picture for us today. Where today does God's name dwell, kids? Where has God placed his name? Oh, certainly God rules over all. But God places his name in the church. This is where God dwells in a special way. 
If you want to have an encounter with God, you need not go and find him in nature somewhere. Come to church. This is where God, by his spirit, dwells in a particular way. These psalms are psalms about the church, about our church, the place where God dwells. And we certainly do have beautiful surroundings around us. The temple was very beautiful as well. But that's not what makes the church so beautiful. Not the stained glass, not the beauty of the organ or anything else around us. It's not the wisdom of the elders, not the mercy of the deacons, not the eloquence of the ministers. It is God's presence. God is here. And so we rejoice in this glorious city. We rejoice in Zion, in Jerusalem, in the church. Because God dwells here in the midst of his people. Who are those people? The psalmist says, verse 4, Among those who know me, I will mention Rahab and Babylon. Israel, hearing that, would have been shocked. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab, that's another word for Egypt. I mention Egypt and Babylon. Egypt and Babylon were Israel's oppressors. Egypt to the south, which had enslaved them for some 400 years. Babylon to the north, that would enslave them. These were the enemies. And yet it is said of Rahab and of Babylon, this one was born there. He mentions, behold, Philistia, the Philistines. Kids, you know the Philistines were always a thorn in the side of Israel. The Philistines always the danger of attack, a continuous threat. And yet of Philistia, it will say, this one was born there. Tyre a place of great wealth. Recall when the temple was being built, they went to Hiram, king of Tyre, to get some of the materials for the temple, a very wealthy country outside of Israel. And yet, it will be said, this one was born there. Cush, another name for Ethiopia, the far-off nations. This one, born in Zion. We have in Psalm 87 a beautiful picture of the gospel going out to the nations. The gospel going to the nations and those who embrace that gospel being brought in and they are registered as if they had been born in Zion. They were now God's people. Psalm 87 reminds us that God's church is not, first of all, an ethnic church. It is not our ethnicity which defines us. You know, sometimes people refer to uh, our types of churches as Dutch churches. And there's maybe some reason for that because our theology comes through the Netherlands. Not necessarily because of our ethnicity. The church is not built on one ethnicity. The church is built on a spiritual unity for those who embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, whether you are from Egypt or from Babylon or Philistia or Tyre or Cush or wherever, all who embrace Jesus Christ are brought in and it is recorded, this one born there, this one, a part of Zion, a part of Jerusalem, the place where God dwells in a particular way. 
And that is the call of the gospel once again today. It does not matter what your ethnicity is. God calls you today to to put your trust in Jesus Christ, no matter what your background is, and be brought in. Trust in Him and be brought into this glorious fellowship, this one born in Zion. It's a picture of the gospel going out to the nations, but it's also a picture for the people of Israel. Verse 5, and of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. The blessings of being born into the covenant people. Oh, it's wonderful to be brought in from the nations. When I was growing up in high school, uh, in chapel, uh, once in a while there'd be a, a, a special speaker who would come in. Someone who had, you know, lived a, a, a terrible life and then God uh, grabbed a hold of them and they, they changed their life and now became a follower of his. And I thought, what a great testimony. God's, God's bringing these people from the outside. You know, what do we have in the church have? I was born in the church. I don't have a testimony. That is our testimony. The blessing of being born in Zion. The huge blessing of being born in the church of Jesus Christ. That's the blessing that Scotland has. This one, this little one, born within the people of God. Yes, the gospel is a blessing, blessing, not only to the nations, but also to us. Kids, to each and every one of you who were born in the church, it's a blessing to belong. Because you will be brought up in the context of the church, the covenant community. You will be taught the songs of Zion, the songs of the church. You'll be taught Jesus loves me and the B-I-B-L-E and this little light of mine and all these wonderful songs we teach to our kids. That's the blessing of being born in Zion. Kids, you will be brought up knowing the Bible and memorizing the Bible. And we saw wonderful evidence of that last Sunday evening as our littlest kids, some of them a little older, but some of our littlest kids got up in front and recited verse after verse after verse after verse after verse from Scripture. That's the blessing of being born in Zion. From their infancy, brought up on the Word of God. As our children grow, they will have the privilege of being instructed in the truths of the faith. They will know their only comfort in life and in death, that I am not my own but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. They will know that. Our kids are brought up on that. This is the blessing of being born in Zion. The Lord records in his register of the peoples, this one was born there. The great privilege of being born into the Christian church. That privilege, that blessing, calls forth a response from us. We read in the forum this morning, the covenant has two parts. The promises and the obligations. God says, I will be a God to you, 
and you will be my people. To come to the baptismal font places us as God's people under obligation. Under obligation as parents to train our children in the way of the Lord. To teach them the songs. To help them with their memory verses. To ask them if their catechism lesson is complete. We're to raise them as parents. It's our obligation to bring them up in the fear of the Lord, instructing them, teaching them, teaching them the meaning of baptism, all of God's promises, all of God's blessings given to them. Baptism places us as parents under obligation, all of us under obligation. And it places our children under obligation. Our children who are raised in this glorious covenant context, our children who are surrounded from birth with all the spiritual blessings, raised in Christian homes, raised in a Christian church, given God-centered schooling, all of these blessings, it places our children under obligation that they are to recognize all the blessings they have been given and in thanksgiving, embrace Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. Kids, that's your responsibility. As you grow up, as you grow in your family, as you grow in the church. You know, sometimes we talk to our high school students and, and, and talk to them about making a profession of their faith. And one of the most common responses I get is, uh, I'm not ready yet. And, and I say to myself, you've been born in a Christian home. You've been raised in a Christian church. You've been given a God-centered education. What are you waiting for? What will make you ready? For 14, 16, 18 years, you've received all the blessings of the covenant. It is time to respond to those blessings. It is time to say thank you to God for all that he has given to you. You're not ready yet. What are you waiting for? For years, for years, God has showered his mercy upon you. And I'm not ready to say thank you. Baptism places us under obligation, us and our children. The psalmist concludes, singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you. To be born in Zion, whether you are brought in from the nations, whether you are born in the congregation, is a time of joy and a time of celebration celebrating belonging. We celebrated that in the baptism this morning. Belonging, the sign and seal of belonging. Scotland belongs to the church. She's been given that sign and seal. And we celebrate that this Sunday morning. We celebrate that reality every Sunday. Every Lord's Day, when we come to church, God reminds us that we are His people. 
We belong in the body. And we belong together celebrating, rejoicing, praising Him for all the blessings we have received. He calls us on Sunday morning. He calls us on Sunday evening. It is a joy. A joy to come and worship Him. And yet sometimes I think we view it not as a joy, but as a burden. It's something we have to do again. We have the privilege of coming into our Father's house. We have the privilege of gathering with the family, these born in Zion. We must rejoice in that. The singers and dancers say, all my springs are in you. What's the picture being given there? Water. Water is a picture of life. All of our life is found here. Salvation is found within the church where the preaching of the gospel is regularly given Lord's Day after Lord's Day after Lord's Day. This is where our life, our eternal life is found. This is the context in which the Holy Spirit does His work. The context of the Christian church, the people of God. All my springs are in you. All of them found here. This last line is a reminder that God is completely sufficient for all of our needs, and, and we are to commit to Him totally. It's not like some of my springs are found here and some are found back in Egypt. Some of my springs are found here and some are found back in Babylon or Philistia or Tyre. No, everything I need is here. We do not try to keep one foot in the church and one foot in the world. God calls us to a wholehearted devotion to Him completely all my springs, everything I need is here, and there's no reason to go back to the ways of the world. Everything we need found completely, serving God and God alone, recognizing Christ and Christ alone as the one who saves us. The psalmist says, this one was born in Zion. That is true for everyone who comes to faith. All are registered as members of the church. But there is a particular blessing for the littlest infant born that God says, this one, this one too, born in Zion. And we respond with joy. All of our springs are found in you. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we praise you for being a covenant God, for calling a people into a relationship with you, and not just the adults, but calling the children as well. This one born in Zion. Lord God, we have received all the blessings, all the privileges, all the wonderful joys of belonging to your church. Help us continually to respond, to respond with obedience, to respond with thanksgiving, to continually embrace your Son, Jesus Christ, as our only hope in life and in death. All of our springs are found in you. Lord God, make us truly thankful for the privilege of being born in Zion, apart of your church. Hear us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.